Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is still and will ongoingly be working on the soundhealthportal.com. And I'll say that every week because it's just how I have to address it. Because <laughs> I feel so that way. You would think somebody would in, you know, come up with an idea and sort of like, okay, there it is. That's so not Sherry. She's always figuring and thinking and coming up with new information. And particularly now that we have the Sound Health Portal, our guest Kathleen Nagy has been with Bioacoustics for a long time, back to when we had to lug around laptops and all sorts of stuff to be able to do this work. And now we have the Sound Health Portal, and it's amazing. It's online. You can go to it now, soundhealthportal.com. I suggest that. If you want to see a sample of how the Sound Health Portal works, you can go there. You can look at the current campaigns, and the campaigns are the free software packages that you can have your vocal print or vocal recording run through. And you could pick Corona Conflict or Parkinson's or BioDiet or one of my favorites is always Neuroplasticity. I think it's still available. I didn't check right before the show. Sign up for a free membership. The system will walk you through doing two 30 to 40 second recordings, and you'll submit that with the campaign that you want your vocal print run through. And I, and I use the term vocal recording because you're just recording your voice into the computer. And vocal print, which is just the recording of your voice that you've just made into the computer, but we use those terms interchangeably. And then that vocal print is run through the software, and you'll receive a report back in two to six hours, just depends upon how busy the flow is. A lot of information, which I always recommend sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing. And then as you want to go further, you can contact soundhealthoptions.com and communicate with them and see about finding a practitioner in your area who can work with you with more information and dialing that information in, which will all make sense. And I would suggest going back to the SoundHealth portal and scrolling to the bottom and clicking on one of the, uh, clicking on the video tab, and there you'll be able to see a recent demonstration that Sherry's done online, a live demo. So you'll see the whole process of recording the vocal print, it going through the software, and coming out with one of the amazing displays that Sherry has come up with. My favorite current pie chart is the one where you run the vocal print. And she says, "We want to see what the you know current thing is." And she clicks on it, and there's this data that, like, there's the thing you want to look at right now. And it's just so easy to see the visual information, the visual displays. It's so great. So that is all at the soundhealthportal.com. To hear and share replays of this show, about 15 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talktomeguy.com. Scroll down that page about 20 minutes after you hear the outro music, and you'll find this show there at the top of the list of episodes with all the show links and Kathleen's information, as well as a replay right at the bottom of that, which is the site has been built so that it's very mobile-friendly since everybody's listening to almost everything on their devices, meaning a phone or a tablet or something. So right at the bottom of that Screen with the information is a player you can listen to it right there along with the other three to five hundred episodes that are on that site and that can all be found at talktomeguy.com 
And at the bottom of any of those shows that you listen to, there's a little microphone. And if you want to click that microphone from your mobile device or from your computer, you can leave me a message saying, hey, what about this or what about that? Or how about interviewing this person? And that's all available at TalkToMeGuy.com. With that, there's a hidden superpower in your voice. It can give you the energy you need to feel better, sleep better, and live better. Kathleen Nagy majored in music education and applied music on French horn at Ithaca College and did graduate work at Yale University majoring in French horn and mining in orchestral conducting. She performed for 20 years as an orchestral musician and has taught music in both public and private schools from elementary school through adult education, both choral and musical instrumental music. After 20 years of performing in symphony orchestras playing the French horn, she forged through the ingredients of crafted classic melody, harmony, and structure and found the power, beauty, and healing properties of tone and harmonics. For the past 20 years, she's been a bioacoustic research associate specializing in voice energy analysis and acoustic biofeedback for sports or muscle injuries. As a culmination of her life's work with sound and healing, she specializes in teaching people how to hum the sounds that are good for their bodies through online courses and private sessions. Kathleen Nagy joins us to talk about her book, Humming for Health, Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance. Welcome, Kathleen. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to your audience and to have a chat with you, which is always fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm happy to be here today. (laughs) As I study for a show, I I read the book and also I listen to other stuff or watch videos online. And how was the, it made me chuckle because I'd forgotten about this. How was the 1812 Overture a tipping point to your life of sound healing work? (laughs) Well, living in Massachusetts, we played, you know, in all kinds of orchestras and whatnot, but we would play that 1812 Overture two to three times a year. So it would be, you know, obviously on the 4th of July we'd we'd play it, and then maybe a Christmas Pops concert, maybe a a Spring Pops concert. And so, you know, Musicians in Massachusetts have, have played that a lot. And, you know, I was uh, sitting in a performance, uh, probably, the, yeah, the last performance of, of that piece that I did, and counting, you know, one of the 64 measures of rest, you know, 17, 2, 3, 4, 18, 2, 3, 4, waiting for the next, you know, part that I would come in on. And I'm looking around the orchestra, and I'm seeing some of the older violin players, they're just, they're like phoning it in. <laughs> you know, it's like, here we go again. We have played this so many times. We can do it with our eyes closed. And sometimes it sounded like they were doing it with their eyes closed, but I never wanted to get to that point. And I was about 40 years old uh, at that point, and I just decided I didn't have one more da 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 in me. I just, I couldn't do it. And and so that was like a, a turning point for me, seeing, okay, this is what happens to some musicians after they do this for, you know, for decades, and I don't want that to happen to me. And I just always felt that I had such a larger understanding of sound than what I could really uh, uh, show in, in an orchestral setting. Because, you know, in the orchestra, 
you've got to play perfectly in tune, perfectly in rhythm, all the right notes, perfectly in balance with your part. Are you harmony? Are you are you melody? And there was all it, it's a teamwork thing. You know, when you when you're part of an orchestra, we're all this living, breathing, alive, sound making process that is, you know, really exciting. Uh, and I met a lot of fabulous people, and I never got a paycheck. I thought, my God, they pay me for this, and I love to do it, you know, and, and I did it for 20 years, but then I had this sort of nagging feeling inside that said, there's more to music than just entertaining people. And that's when I sat down, you know, with my horn, and the music stand in front of me with no music on it. And I said, okay, I want to really understand, you know, the, the notes and the tones uh, of music and, and forget everything else that I've learned that made me, you know, very analytical about music. I wanted to just feel the sounds because I knew there was something there for me that I was remembering. And that, that's I started, you know, making sounds on the horn and I changed my whole approach to it and I decided that I was going to play healing sounds and started studying, uh, you know, about toning and 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 Toning is really, I mean, the way I see toning, it's kind of, um, because humming, you know, what I really work with now, humming is a type of toning. And, but but it, toning uh, as a hum is consciously using sort of these naturally conscious body, unconscious body sounds. I mean, because we're toning all the time with our voice and we don't even recognize it. You know, a sigh, a hum, a er, a growl. I mean, these little sounds that we make. Uh, mean something. You know, the body is trying to balance itself. And as Sherry has taught us, right, the brain is listening to the sound of our voice all day long, whether we know it or not. And so I looked into how to find what were the right sounds, what were the sounds that the body really wanted. And where Sherry had had brilliantly come up with these frequencies that universally affect the physicality of everyone's bodies. After working with it for about, you know, 15 years, there were some people that I would, you know, help with the, with bioacoustics and, the, and their issue would get better. And then six months later, they would come back to me with the same issue. And then we'd fix it again and then it would come back. And I started pondering, what's, why? Why, why doesn't this hold? And I, and I came to the understanding that if an issue started in sort of the emotional plane or the spiritual plane or the mental plane, you can't fix it with physical things. You can't fix it with, you know, physical notes. You, you kind of have to go to the root cause. And where we could, we could help the physicality get back into balance for a while, there'd always be some kind of a trigger, emotional, mental, spiritual trigger, that would cause it to happen again because it's trying to bring something to your attention in, that you need to know about your body. And so I started working with people's individual sounds. What are your personal sounds? And I found that everybody has their own musical scale. Everybody mm. has its own precise musical scale. And it's based on the voice. I mean, this was just kind of taking information from Sherry and working it around in my head, and it had to do with the voice. So my vo vocal range is different from yours. The lowest note I can comfortably sing is different from the lowest note that, you know, Sherry can comfortably sing. And, and it, it has to do with our vocal range, but the lowest notes that we can comfortably sing 
will vibrate our root chakra in, in our bodies. And, you know, I meditated on my chakras for a couple years, you know, back in the 80s. And, you know, like everybody was doing. And, and I, you know, because I'm a musician, Richard, you know, I use my ears so much more than I use my eyes to take in information from my surroundings. Um, my eyes are like secondary to my ears, so my, my, my listening and my feeling of energy is so much more important to me than what I see. So that I, I often disregard, you know, what I'm looking at and go to the heart of the matter. You know, I get, get right in. I used to say to people, you know, I, I don't see yourself. I just, I only see your soul. And my friend said to me, you only see my soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, that's what it was, you know, because I'm, I'm obviously missing a lot because I could talk to a person for an hour and walk away and someone would say to me, what was that person wearing? And I couldn't ask the question. I might be able to remember a color, but what color were the person's eyes? I don't know because it wasn't important to me. It was so much more important to listen and to feel the energy, you know, from the person. And so that was my bent. And as I was trying to, you know, meditate on my chakras, and they're saying, you know, imagine this, you know, energy wheel, and it's spinning in this direction, and it's this color, and I'm getting this big blank black screen, you know, <laughs> in my third eye. I'm seeing nothing. And after doing it for, you know, a couple of years, I just gave up. I was like, you know, I have no proof that these chakra things actually exist. I can't see them. I can't hear them. I can't feel them. I can't touch them. I, I just, I give up. Maybe there's only some people are going to be able to work with chakras because they can visualize and see things. And, and so I walked away from it for a couple of years, and then I was kind of hounded by it because there were really smart, important people who believed in chakras. So I thought, well, much like I ended, I cured my asthma when I first started doing sound healing, I, I found, I turned 40, and, and I, was des I was diagnosed with asthma, and I just thought, hmm, uh, maybe I can find a note that I could hum that would really vibrate my lungs. And Sherry says, you know, vibration is good. It's, you know, it's bringing circulation, oxygenation. To, so, so I just started humming around my voice until I found a note that really, you know, resonated in my lungs. And uh, I, I hummed that note, and my asthma was getting better. And then I said, well, I'm going to play my horn. I'm going to play that note in my horn, and I'm going to sing uh, a note into the horn at the same time that's like, it's a harmonic of that note, and 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 the the sound then really expands, and it's like this octave because those two notes make a, co a big chord. But uh, I started doing that with with my horn, and and 20 minutes a day was my meditation on these these two notes. I played for 20 minutes, and then after a couple of weeks, I didn't have to use my inhalers anymore. And after a month, my asthma was gone. I was cured, and that was over 20 years ago, and it never came back. So I had a real belief at that point that was like, sound really can affect our health. And it's a personal experience. I had tried it. So I, I extrapolated about the chakras, and I said, well, if I could find a note where I could feel one of the chakras vibrating in my body, I would then believe that the chakras existed. And so I hummed around and I found that note. And the, the lowest note I could hum, and the reason you hum is to keep all the vibrations inside of your body. Mm -hmm. right? Humming is something that we do for ourselves. You don't perform a hum, ever. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's a way, it's how we soothe ourselves. We might hum for an infant in our arms, but by and far, humming is something that, it's, it's a type of toning that we do to calm our body, to calm and soothe ourselves. So this is, uh, you know, self-care, humming. And, and then uh, humming, I figured out all of the notes that made all of my chakras vibrate. And then I started doing it with other people, and I realized everybody has the same uh, scale. It's a Lydian scale, but the notes all start, uh, everybody's note starts on a, on a different note because of the range of their voice. And mm. mm-hmm. that was that was kind of the the breakthrough for me. And I, this was back in 2011, 2012, when I was you know working on all these theories and coming up with this stuff. And it just it took me a while to get anyone else interested in it because <laughs> I've just always been a little bit ahead of my time. And one of the things that I love about both Sherry's work and your work with sound, and particularly with the humming, is that for me, for me, we're talking about me here for a moment, is my issue is head, what I call head noise. And I mm-hmm. came up with that term from in the Wayback Machine when I got my degree as a master herbalist. I was reading, I used to collect pharmacopoeias, which were the original pharmacist compounding books. Right, yeah. When, herbal, when pharmacists were actually just herbalists in boats, in white jackets, pounding things mm-hmm. in a mortar and pestle and handing it to you in a syrup or something. Yeah, and I alchemist. discovered that this, uh, right? Uh, well, ooh, that gets too spooky if you call them alchemists. Um, but yes, I agree completely. And was the thing that you could I could make a formula for somebody as an herbalist. I had an herb store, a retail mm-hmm. store. I could make a formula for somebody, and I knew that that formula, from what I knew about herbs and studying herbs for a long time, was that I knew that that formula really wanted to work with their body. And they would come back in a week or two weeks and say, I feel a little better, but not as much as I should, and the thing and the stuff. And I think that launched me. That was sort of my lifelong tipping point, which is still always tipping. Led me to look at all sorts of stuff, whether it was meditation or sitting in a mirrored box and staring at yourself until you were so high you couldn't believe it, just from being in like that, or you know, all sorts of practices looking for the the blockage what i realize now is a blockage in the chakras that you can give per, a person an amazing formula the perfect formula for them to take because i would always custom blend formulas for people which just means herbs put together in a synergistic way mm-hmm. and they would take them and they'd come back and different people would have different experiences why is that and a lot of it has to do with exactly your and sherry's work of by, what i like to for me again, is bypassing that head processing thing and coming right in, which leads me into when I interviewed Bruce Lipton for his first book, The Biology of Belief. It was really then that I came up with the phrase, coined the phrase about our cells are listening. Mm-hmm. And I now want to listen. I, I now want to change that because that had to do with our, his thing about DNA and how that all works. Mm-hmm. but also the receptor sites on the cells and how they're looking for signals. They really have like little tiny antennas and they're waiting for the right thing to come to them. Right. I want our, I'm changing that to our cells are listening to everything. And right. so that's why I think your work with humming is so powerful because you say, it's, for me, humming is like cats purring. They're doing it for themselves. 
people because mm-hmm. we're narcissists think, oh, the cat's humming because it loves me. No, the cat's humming because it makes it feel better. It's doing its own kind of humming. Mm-hmm. And I just think the, the work that you're doing with humming is so powerful because it really is internalizing. And our cells are listening going, wow, that's a cool sound, man. We needed that. They're not saying that. Yeah, it's but, like you know, your, your body. When you, yeah, yeah. When, when the body hears, you know, the, this scale and, and your voice humming, it, it's like, Mom, they're playing my song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your body gets so happy. Some people yeah. laugh. They just mm-hmm. start giggling. Um, it's it's the most amazing feeling, and your body's saying, "What took you so long?" <laughs> and you know, it it just relishes in in the sound of your voice moving energy through your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you when you know the notes of all of your chakras, so then you can vibrate sort of the tissue of the gland. And bring you know circulation and energy to that, and, the, and sort of the area around it, right? And then if there's, let's say you've got an issue with your liver. Well, if you know your solar plexus note, and you know your heart chakra note, the liver lives in between those two notes. So what is the note that's in between those two notes? That's the note that you can hum that will vibrate your liver. If you've got clogged sinuses, and the sinuses live in between the third eye and the throat chakra. So if you, what is the note in between those two notes that you can hum to drain your sinuses? It's, once you know your chakra scale and your notes, you really have access to all parts of your body with your own voice. It's such an empowering feeling. I mean, you're no longer helpless. You can you can help yourself, and it's free, and it's legal, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> well, I, I think another PowerPoint of it uh, is that it's our own DNA receiving information, receiving a signal from our own internal system. It's not an outside source. It's not. It's not even you know, listening to a tone from Sherry, and I'm not saying anything bad about Sherry's work. I love Sherry's work. But in terms of this, it's really our own system creating a sound that our cells fully trust because we're trying to work with ourselves. Yeah, that's we're, a good we're really We're really keying into ourselves to, for ourselves. And the body's going, oh, yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Exactly. So it's almost magical. But now you, you said something in here that I we're gonna jump. Everybody hold on. We're jumping. We're jumping to chapter four of Humming for Health. Because you talk about the sinuses and the benefit of nitric oxide and how it can have benefits on our immune system. Would you talk yes. would could we jump there please? Because that is I was blown away when I read this chapter. What are you talking about? You know, please talk about Chapter 4. Okay. Well, um, more and more people are learning about this now since COVID came out. But back when the first COVID uh, SARS um, stuff was was hitting the planet in the 90s, uh, the late 90s and the early 2000s, there were actually several studies done on humming and its effect on nitric oxide. 
So nitric oxide is a, a signaling molecule. Um, it's used for circulation uh, and, and, and for heart health. Uh, but it also, people were, uh, scientists were discovering, it kills germs in the sinuses and nasal passages. Vibrating the sinuses and the nasal passages while humming creates more nitric oxide. And it would, it could, they tested it, it would kill the coronavirus uh, germs and so that they didn't have the time to kind of set up shop and, and then, you know, wreak havoc on the rest of the body, on your lungs and your throat and everything. It'd take it a couple of days, you know, to be kind of sitting around in your sinuses. But if you have a practice of humming every day, you're going to kill those germs before they can hurt you. It, they just dissipate, gone. And there's, I, I love that there are scientific studies. The National Institute of Health has a couple of them published from back in the early 2000s. Uh, nitric oxide and uh, paranasal, um, and, and I can't forget, it's a big long name, the title of, of the articles and, and the studies, but basically they're saying humming kills, can, can kill the coronavirus germs. So every time I was, you know, in this past year, I go to the grocery store and I'm wearing a mask, but then I, I, uh, I'm driving home and I'm humming all the way home. Because who knows what got into my eyes, or who knows what got into my in my nose, you know, inadvertently. And I figured I'll just hum for 10 minutes while I'm driving in the car. And it, it gave me another feeling of some control over my life, which we all lost last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was really astonishing in such a great way. I had already done some, I've done a lot of research on nitric oxide and interviewed some experts about nitric oxide or and there's a trend uh, James Nestor wrote a great book on breath and everybody's talking about nitric oxide but I hadn't seen it from this perspective in the sense of here you're you're talking about specific in chapter four you talk about specifics about using your voice to start at middle C and the particular hertz that is and the ability for us to and part of the reason I'm so passionate about this is I have been during this whole siege, I'll call it, yelling at the TV, saying, could anybody talk about having a good immune system? Oh, please. Could you please talk I don't know how many times I've yelled that at the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could we just talk about maybe giving kids vitamin C twice a day? What about that? You know, just something. And this is such a wonderful self-winding. I think this should be taught in kindergarten, like mm-hmm. teach kids to hum. What a, you know, how is that going to hurt anybody? They're humming them to themselves. Right. But, you know, so I yeah, just think I it's an to learn, chapter. If I knew now, you know, I, I would teach, start in second grade, you know, yeah. and, and teach kids about humming and having, that, having them feel the power of their own voice in their body. Imagine growing up with that knowledge, what different people we'd be. Wow. Mic drop. Goosebumps all over. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just that's how I felt when I read this chapter. I was just like, "What actual?" Because I'm I'm familiar with a. I've heard a lot of people talking about nitric oxide, but the study. I mean, this book is a few years old, and you were talking about this just like it's a thing. Oh yeah, the study, and they did the thing with the nitric oxide, and look at the effects that it had, and here are the particular notes that you want, and it's wow. That's all I got. Wow. 
Well, Sherry wrote an article years ago, I think back in the 1990s, called, she had been asked about toning, and, you know, can I tone instead of listening to these sounds? And she, she, her article was called, If You Can Moan, You Can Tone. <laughs> yes. Right? Because yeah. a moan is a tone. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of rethinking in your mind. And the other thing that I like about humming, Richard, is uh, because you don't perform it, mm-hmm. there's, there's not all that judgment around humming. So yeah. many kids were told in school, you know, they had to be in the chorus, but they couldn't carry a tune to the store in a basket, you know. They, they couldn't match pitches, and so they were just told, well, just mouth the words. Um, mm-hmm. Which, because no one knew how to help that connection that was broken between the voice ear brain that made people not be able to match pitches, because we're all yeah. supposed to be able to do that. But there's there's a special connection between the voice and the ear and the brain. If part of it isn't working, then you hear a note and you can't sing it back, you know. Um, anyway, I forgot where I was going with that, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> We've both fallen into the nitroxide like, let's just breathe for five minutes. Yeah, it's. I think it's just astonishing, the idea that, I mean, this isn't even a supplement in the sense of you don't have to take anything. You could be, as you said, you're humming on your way home from being at the grocery store. You're, you're while you're driving, able to be helping support your immune system by getting your sinuses activated by humming and getting the, right. the I forget where this is, and singing they talk about the mask being the face. And you can activate all that just by humming. Mm-hmm. And wow. how to know what notes to hum? Yeah. I mean, there are notes that will be more... Uh, effective than others mm-hmm. but basically we want to be humming kind of in the middle to upper range of our um, of our chest voice of our speaking voice uh, I haven't really done a lot of humming up there in, in my head voice uh, mostly yeah. I'm kind of in, in my speaking voice in my chest voice because that's what resonates you know that part of the body so you know humming and finding notes that resonate your sinuses and your nose and uh, you know the, your your cheeks and your face those are the notes that you want to be humming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, people are going to hum in that range anyway. I mean, I give away in the book how to find, you know, that note. But basically, you're going to hum in a, in a comfortable range of your voice anyway. Uh, so it, you're probably going to be fine. And you could just hum a simple, Mary had a little lamb. You know, a, a simple child, children's song, uh, just over and over and over again for five minutes or um, I mean, sometimes I would just, uh, driving home from the grocery store, I was just kind of doing the scales. Like, and just make stuff up in that range of my voice that just keep the sound going and vibrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could also just, the, sort of a, a good morning toning thing would be just singing, uh, humming up an octave and down, just kind of going up and down the octave. It kind of gets the full spectrum of the of the, all the notes of the scale, and kind of you know says hello to all those frequencies and wakes everything up. Uh, but it, there's just so many simple things, and then that the book is being called really magical and practical. Mm-hmm. And I'm being I'm being called a practical mystic. <laughs> which I never thought of myself as, but I kind of like that. <laughs> I think it's good. And as you, as you hum like that, it makes me think of this scene in Sleeping Beauty 
where she comes into the, I forget what she wakes up or something, and the butterflies are coming in and the birds are chirping. It is truly like waking up the system just mm-hmm. by doing those simple scales that you really are. The whole system is coming to alert like, oh, wow, another day. Uh, it's humming. Who, who would, who Giving would those know? sounds to the brain. I mean, the brain yeah. understands the physics of sound. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, harmonics because that's the really please. Uh, that's a special you, sauce. You're <laughs> reading my notes. Yes, please. Oh, good. Because <laughs> I because I I wanted to know why harmonics seem to be what I would call the supercharger. Well, first of all, most people don't even know what harmonics are, but <laughs> I think one of the and I've heard so many musicians try to explain them to non-musicians and you get this blank look on the face, you know, deer in the headlights um, because they don't understand any terminology. But if you think about harmonics as full-spectrum sound, Hmm. it it gives you a way sort of into understanding them. So we we understand full-spectrum light and full-spectrum colors. Like the color red has all of these different ranges, you know, from from pink, you know, to deep red and orange reds and blue reds and all these different frequencies of red uh, gives you, you know, full spectrum light. Well, harmonics are full spectrum sound. So every note that is sounded has a certain mathematical frequency, like a hertz, cycles per second, right? And... Um, those those notes have, I call them, the harmonics are brother and sister tones and cousins. They're related to that note that, that you're sounding. Mathematically, they're related. They're in the same family. So if you're humming a note, let's, let's take something common. Everyone knows A, the orchestra in this country tunes to the note A at 440 hertz, 440 cycles per second. And, uh, if you're sounding that note for, you know, 10 seconds or so, harmonics grow out of that initial sound. And uh, if, if you're sounding it, you know, for long enough, the, after the 440 hertz, you're going to hear a harmonic of 880 hertz kind of grow into that sound. And as that grows into that sound, it fills it out more, makes it a little more rich, a little more resonant. And the more harmonics that you can make sound with that initial sound, because they're mathematically related to it, it gives that sound a very rich, full, warm sound. And the advantage to the brain being you know, a frequency modulator that everything is frequency and it understands sound um, and how sound expands. Harmonics are how a sound expands, given, you know, a resonant room and enough time sustaining it. And the brain can understand that pattern of notes. It recognizes it immediately. And so I I think it's kind of like giving the brain like a a smorgasbord of, of possible food you know, where it can go in and pick out the exact frequencies that it needs out of that pattern of sounds because it understands how it works, how the system works. Hmm. So the so harmonics um, really energize that bass note, that, that fundamental note, and, and make it uh, more powerful. But what I also discovered about the harmonics is, you know, our, our auric field, now they're all people who have kind of 
diagram the architecture of our aura, of our biofield, our magnetic field, and it has different layers to it. And there's, you know, the first layer right next to our bodies, a couple inches out, is the etheric layer. And then you go out a few more inches, and that's the emotional layer. That's where all the feelings uh, are, are resonating. And, and then the next layer is the mental layer, and then there's an astral layer, and there's, there's these different layers in our field. And I found that those layers are, um, expand the same way that sound expands. So the harmonics of an, all the harmonics of a particular note will get you into all of those different layers of your energy field. And if an issue is stuck in there unconscious that happened to you 40 years ago that you don't even remember and you, you stuffed it because you didn't have the time to deal with it, you didn't know how to deal with it, you didn't have the support to deal with it, you know, we all do that. That's how we survive. But then there comes a time in your life when you're ready to deal with it and you have the strength and you have the support, but you don't know it's there, so how can you fix it? But the sound, when you play those and sing those harmonics with the, these recordings that I give you once we find your, your chakra scale and you hum along, the energies that are stuck there in those different layers just begin to dissipate and literally melt away. And issues disappear. And it's the harmonics that it's allowing you into those unconscious areas. And so you can you can clear something out of your field or something that's stuck in your body causing you pain and sleepless nights for years and you don't even know where it came from or how to fix it. And all of a sudden it starts to get better. And even if it's, it's a trauma that's caused something, you don't have to relive the trauma. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to think about it. You just let the feeling that comes up go through you. You fill yourself up with white light and say goodbye to it because it's gone now for good and it's not coming back. If you don't fill yourself with the white light after you do this type of healing and release, by the law of attraction, your body is going to try to bring back into it that which it was familiar with. Mm -hmm. I, I'm used to having this here. It's gone. There's a hole here. Let me try to trigger something to bring it back in. But if you fill the space with white light, your body likes that so much more than it liked what was in it before. It forgets about what was in it before, and it searches for the white light. And it helps you hold your healing. It's, it's two things that pop up are humming seems or feels like the ultimate form of homeopathy in a certain nice. way. Nice. And that the power of the ability to that thing about the white light is so incredibly powerful because again back to herb store days when I would give people a formula and they'd come back and have different experiences and sometimes they'd go work with a local body worker that I knew that did a lot of toning and you know work with the person's own body and getting them into a flow state of their own body and the people that had some of that work done would come in and the formulas were working much better and now that sort of puts that whole picture to me together of the why, because they were they were getting they were taking the formula, the formula was working, and then after the work of clearing, they would come back and they'd be like, oh, it's actually I'm feeling better now, and there was always that mystery zone of like I can't quite get this recipe of why it's working, but it's working, so I won't fix it because it ain't broke. <laughs> now, as you talk about it, it makes sense. 
that was just a trial and error on my part over years and years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I felt about doing the herb formulas when, you know, I had that store for five years. And in working with people, eventually it was sort of like, here's this formula, call this person. Down, you know, in year three or four versus just here's this formula. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times also what I would see is that people would get in having something stuck or in a state of stuckness that they would, in, even though that was causing a pain on some level, that it was a familiar. Yeah. And people got accustomed to that familiar. And if it if it did get cleared out, they were sort of like, where's the familiar? Right. So I That's think the that law your of attraction. Process, yeah. And so I think your process of talking about using the white light afterwards to kind of reset sort of a flashpoint. It's the flashy thing in Men in Black. Boop. And <laughs> you're cleared and ready to go forward. It, it, mm-hmm. That's a powerful step that's underrated, I think. It is, and it's like, oh, that can't possibly do anything. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing about humming, too. It's so simple, people don't believe it. It seems <laughs> yeah. like so simple, it's easily dismissed. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just a bunch of woo-woo. Yeah. Um, Great. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm ready for the woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, people. I, I teach people through Zoom. You know, we have a session online, and I help them find their root chakra note and their chakra scale. Mm-hmm. And then I send them these uh, MP3s that I've created with these uh, choir chimes. Mm. Uh, the, the choir chimes are kind of the new age version of the handbells. Remember handbell oh, choirs? Oh, wow. uh-huh. sure. Um, so these chimes uh, have a much nicer sound to my ear because, you know, a bell has that big open end, and the harmonics don't really have a chance to form, and so you get this, like, a whole bunch of frequencies, you know, chiming, and it's very bright uh, sound, but these chimes are like metal tubes, uh, like square metal tubes with a hollow center Mm. with Uh a little, you know, flapper and a uh, a piece of rubber, you know, that when you you flick the chime with your wrist, the, the rubber hits the bar, and boing, and it resonates with it has this all the harmonics that, that can grow inside of that tube and so it's a it's a rich dark sound a very uh, much more pleasant i think than a handbell so i i bought like um, four octaves of these chimes <laughs> and and i created all of these chakra scales all the possible chakra scales where i chimed each chakra note five times and then on the recording i put uh, some ocean waves, kind of let that assimilate into your frequency matrix, into your aura. And then we chime the next chakra note five times, and then there's more waves. And it goes up your body like that, and you hum along. So you add your voice, you know, to this sound. And it goes up to the top, and then I bring the energy back down, because I had a couple of people, I'd just go up to the crown chakra and say, there, how you how you feeling, you know in the beginning, and they'd like sit up and go, whoa, and lay back down. i go, no, 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 don't try to walk yet. You're going to fall over. All your energy's in your head. Mm-hmm. we gotta bring, we got to bring all that energy back down to your root and get you grounded again. Then you can stand up. <laughs> so I've created these, these sort of chimes in, in everybody's, you know, scales, personal chakra scales, with a guided meditation on, you know, hum along here and do this there. Um, and it's it, it, it even works if you can't hum along because we know there are people who can't match pitches mm-hmm. but there, 
but there is a fix for that. Uh, one is you listen to the chimes, and they're pretty powerful in themselves, and they will, to a certain extent, do the work. But when you add your voice to it, you know, it, it's so much more powerful. So there's this application you can put on your cell phone. It's called Pano Tuner, P-A-N-O. And it's free, and it, you can get it on Android phones, phones, and you can put it on um, uh, I, iPhones. And what it is, it kind of gives you, the, when you turn on the application, it gives you a kind of a, a piano keyboard and a little red line that moves. And when you sing, it tells you the little red nine go, line goes to the note that you're singing. So you can hum any note, and you can look at this little keyboard, and you can see what note you're humming. Mm. Cool. So that helps people who, who have, have that broken, you know, voice your brain connection. Who I say, hum this note. And they go, and I'm like, okay, we're in trouble. <laughs> but um, I, I teach people how to use a pitch pipe to play the notes and to hum along on the pitch pipe or to hum along with the chimes. And if you're not sure you're humming the right note, the same note that the chime is playing, you're, you hum into that application on your phone and you can see I'm supposed to be humming a B flat, but I'm humming a D. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to hum a little bit lower, and and you can actually see the red line go on the note when you hum the right note. So it's got all this you know feedback in it for you to tell you, yep, that's the right sound, you're on track. So even people who can't match pitches can use this system. With that, and that's really great because I have worked with I I actually have I I I think it may have been from the last time I we talked which has been more years than I realized. I know it's been longer than I thought. I have yeah. a Korg, I have a Korg little pocket thing. I never know what to call this. It's a, it's a, it's a tone generator, and I can also hum into it, and it'll tell me what note I'm humming. Yeah, I never know what to do with it. Right, yes, exactly. And I never quite know what to do with it because I don't know anything about music. I was in an orchestra in a marching band, but eventually they figured out that I couldn't play brass instruments, but I could always keep the rhythm going. So in the marching yeah. band, I was the bass drum because you need somebody right. who really holds the rhythm. Yeah. And I was really good at that, but I, I have no musical knowledge beyond that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting. Sometimes I'll just pick it up and hum into it and think, hmm, I know that means something. Uh, so this idea of being able to match things, I can oh, I can Richard, match it if I hear. Yeah, we should have done. A, I should have done a session with you to find your personal chakra skill before we did this call. Why didn't we think of that? So that, I don't so that know. you could actually you know experience that and then be able to talk and then about talk about you know, it. Yeah. that process. Yeah. Oh well. Oh next well, time. that's Live fine. Let's go back in time in the next dimension. <laughs> in the dimension right over there, we did that, and it was really great. It was a great <laughs> reference. There may have to be a backward part two, uh, because it would be fabulous to have that as a reference point, so I could talk about the process. I mean, I'm familiar with your work, and I'm sure familiar with Sherry's work, but the idea of everything you're saying, which steers me toward another chapter that lit up for me, because there's a lot of work either in spiritual practices or non-spiritual practices or all sorts of what people would, people wince a little bit when you use the term practice. It just means we're really practicing. Uh, Is chapter 13 on connect all chakras to the heart. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because the heart is really a center of kind of everything. Yeah, the, the heart is the junction box for all of that energy. And the chakras are a system. They work together. 
Um, so, and this came from uh, uh, Melchizedek. What I can't remember, Drumvolo. Uh -huh. uh, and I was taught this by a shaman in, in, in Santa Fe who had learned it from Drumvolo. Um, that if you use uh, an infinity loop as the sort of visualization we're making this figure eight, okay? Because an infinity loop is a self-perpetuating energy symbol, right? And our human body is this torus. And it's kind of the inside of the torus, the energy moves into top and out the bottom, and, and the energy moves in this sort of spiral fashion. And if you, if you take, uh, imagine an energy loop, the bottom uh, vertically on your body, and the lowest part of the energy loop is your root chakra, and the intersection of the two, you know, sort of figure eights is your heart chakra, and then up to the top of your body, your crown chakra. So you create this infinity loop from your root chakra up to your heart chakra to your crown chakra, and then back down to the heart and back down to the root. And you imagine, and the chimes I have, uh, you know, play those notes and you can hum along. But the idea is to use the energy of your voice to pull the energy of your root chakra up into your heart and let all of that survival instinct be informed by all the compassion and love and expansion of the heart chakra. And then mm. you move that down from your heart chakra up into your crown chakra and you combine those energies and you bring the crown chakra back down to the heart. And so there are these three infinity loops that connect everything through the heart. So the first loop, I call them triads because a triad in music is a three-note chord. So the first infinity loop is root chakra through the heart to the crown and back down. And the second loop is the sacral chakra through the heart to the third eye and back down. And the third uh, infinity loop is from the solar plexus to the heart to the throat chakra. And once you have connected all of those in that way, imagine that loop, you now have an incredibly heart-centered, relaxed, calm, grounded feeling in your body that is just delicious. And it's it's free. You know? it's, <laughs> it's in your reach. It's literally at your fingertips. And you don't uh, need to buy any technology to do it. That's the amazing no. part. You That's really... why I really wanted to develop it this way, because there are going to be times in our lives when we don't have electricity and when we don't have you know computers, but we're going to need healing. And we have it within the sound of our own voice. And if we're so sick that we can't sing and someone, uh, one of our friends knows what our chakra sounds are, they can sing it to us. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, uh, it's, it can be group healing, it can be individual healing, but it's already there in our body. It's like, I, I think about the chakra system as being this plumbing system, that, you know, the hardware that's always been there, that's ob obviously operating, you know, but we've never consciously tried to put water through it. And mm -hmm. that's what I'm helping people learn how to do, how to really use that chakra system to the, you know, your health advantage by, by the whole understanding that the heart is the junction box. And, and then, you know, sometimes just humming the, the notes of the chakras aren't really enough to get to the deep uh, uh, unconscious stuff. So then this, the second, you know, sort of level of, of this work is now humming all of the harmonics, like the first 
eight harmonics. I have the recordings go to the first 16 harmonics of each chakra note. So you're humming the chakra note while the, the chimes are playing all the harmonics and making the connections between, all right, this is my root chakra, you know, connecting to sort of the, the spiritual area of my, of my auric field or connecting to the emotional area of my auric field and, and clearing out all of the emotions. And, and I find that because of the symmetry and the harmony uh, and, and the brain's understanding of all this, that those frequencies that are stuck in there, they really can't survive being surrounded by all of that harmony and, and symmetry. And so they mm. break up and dissipate. Please. I've always been very attracted and I've attended a lot of events where I, I would off the cuff describe it as uh, scuffing, the, scuffing in the dirt around a fire and drumming and chanting and just the feeling that one goes away with from that of and and the uh, well partially because I was a percussionist, the drumming has always been attractive, but it, there's also a lot of tone or sound or even some of the sounds that well, I'll use the term medicine people would use are groans or tones or or hummings. They're not outright singing; they're more internal sounds they're making that you're participating with. And it's, sure, it's an how many times process. have you heard that? The Native Americans, that's that's toning. Yeah, it's it's not a language. (laughs) And they don't they don't write it down. Yeah, and it's not written down. And I don't mean they're protecting it. I mean it's because it comes from within them, through their life experience. That's the sound their body is making. They trust that. And they're in contact with the earth when they're doing it. They're scuffing in the dirt. They always used to give me grief about using that term. But it's really true, scuffing in the dirt and drumming. I love that. Makes sense to me. And this is in that same realm of, as you said, I love the way you casually toss out, and we might not have electricity. Really? Why would that be? That's a whole other show. Um, (laughs) But it's really true. I mean, this is a great ability to have this. Well, we were talking, actually, we were talking backstage before the show. I live in the part of California where there's been a lot of fires. And the idea of having this as a tool so that when there is a state of like, oh, wow, stuff's going on. What a wonderful thing for me to have on hand to be able to drive around in a car, either hum to myself or have my notes. We'll be talking after the show. Um, Or affect this heart energy to get people. I, I think being in a heart energy state is always calming to people around you. Is that true? Is that a, am I just making that up? Yeah, and and as as we expand our auras and 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 clear them out, you know, with these sounds, the one of the advantages is, is your your egg, you know, your eggshell gets a little more solid, and and you can walk through complete chaos and remain calm, and put that calm energy in your aura going out, you know, twenty feet all around you, and everyone who walks through your aura is calmed. Mm. These sounds work, people who have PTSD, people who have insomnia, people who have depression, uh, these sounds are so great for, because it kind of resets all the hormones, you know, all the the chakras are connected to these glands that are turning all these
systems on and off in her body all the time. But they're all triggered by emotions. So if, if you're running from a dinosaur and you're in fight or flight, then the emotion, that feeling, tells the brain through um, that root chakra, survival, you know, uh, make more adrenaline so you can run faster. And there's this whole biochemical cascade that happens, and, and the energy in the blood gets pulled into the torso of the body. It protects all of the, the vital organs and makes your legs tr- able to run faster. That all is triggered by an emotion. And then when you're away from the dinosaur and you get away and you're starting to calm down, that feeling of calming down tells your body, okay, now, now I can make noradrenaline. Now I can calm down. So because the chakras are all intricately connected to emotions that are turning all of these uh, organs on and off, you know, take more blood, uh, take more calcium out of the blood and put it into the bone. Take calcium out of the bone and put it into the blood. All of these are, are the hormones that are made from these chakras, and you can just kind of set them all to neutral. After, after humming your chakras, you just feel just, just still and calm. Mm. That sounds great. And if great. you know, you know, as far as insomnia <laughs> yeah. goes, if, when you if you know what your crown chakra note is, your crown chakra is the pineal gland. The pineal gland makes um, melatonin and serotonin. It's a precursor. So you can hum your. You having trouble sleeping at night, but you know your crown chakra note. You can hum that note, and it'll tell your brain to make more melatonin and help you go to sleep. Hmm. It's it's all so easy once you know, in a certain way. Yeah, and, really and then don't you get kind of angry that you didn't know this a long time ago? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be kicking a paper bo- a cardboard box around after the show for that very thing. Like, what took me so long to get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it's it's really wonderful, and the humming, the you you migrating sort of the qualities of some of Sherry's work into humming is so powerful because it takes, as you say, once you know them, there's no equipment involved. Nope. That, that's amazing. And people say, well, how do I know if I'm humming the right note? Well, you feel it. Yeah. You don't have to believe a thing I'm saying. You don't yeah. need a piano keyboard to tell you that's the note you're humming. It doesn't yeah. matter what note you're humming. Are you feeling it in the spot of your body where you want to feel it? That's the right note. Yeah. Oh, you mean I'm self-winding? Well, yeah. Yes. Pretty much. There's that. <laughs> oh boy. Um, all right. I'm I'm surprised to find we're at the point at which I ask you, um, where would you like people to find your book? Where would you like people to find out more about working with you? And do you have classes coming up, or are they all available now? Yeah, I just put a calendar up on my website. I think it's live this week. I was working with my web designers where, where I could put classes. Uh, so I have, there's an eight-week eight, eight week class. My website is thesoundlady.com. And you can buy the book there under the shop tab. Uh, you can buy the book on Amazon, Humming for Health. And the subtitle is Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance. Humming for Health, Sound Tools for Physical and Emotional Balance on Amazon. Uh, you can buy the, the e-book off my website and just download it. So I have classes. I, I do individual sessions. 
where I spend about an hour with the person and teach them their chakra scale. But I also do an eight-week class where the first week is learning what your chakra scale is and humming it for a week. And then the next seven weeks we go in, into the harmonics of one chakra at a time, starting with the root chakra and going up. And we clear everything all the way out to the eighth chakra in the edge of our biofield. Uh, so Wonderful. that class is, is a little bit of a commitment, but uh, eight weeks, but it's done some life-changing things for people. I bet. And do you have a course for people to learn how to do this with others? Yeah, that the eight-week course is kind of a train-the-trainer course. Okay. Okay. So they, Great. you know, go through it themselves. And most of the people doing it are, are energy workers, uh, people who do, you know, Reiki and massage, and they just want another tool for their toolbox because they don't know how to get to those unconscious things that keep re-triggering pain either. And right. this is the this is the tool to do that: the humming of the harmonics and, and moving into all those layers, causing harmony and symmetry and releasing disharmony. Oh, that. <laughs> just that. That's all you can get from this. Just releasing disharmony. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kathleen. That was really great. I really enjoyed it myself, and I hope the audience did too. I believe they did. There's a lot of activity going on in the chat room. <laughs> Everybody have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.